Lord, please, this evening, Genesis chapter number 2. Brother Lewis, Miss Glenda, good to see you all this evening. Missed you this morning. I'm glad that you're here tonight. So many people sick right now. And I heard Miss Glenda might be a little bit under the, the weather. How are you feeling this evening? Are you doing okay? Wow. Okay. Well, I sure do love you both. I'm glad you're here. Genesis chapter number 2. Last week we looked at the distinction in our creation and did some preaching on that concerning families in the book of Genesis. And of course we understand as we look at the first family that God created, how He created us and how that we were made in the image of God and so we address some of those matters, that we are distinct from the rest of creation, that we are created in God's image, not like all of the other kinds of animals and like all the other kinds of creatures, and so there is a distinction between the creation of man and the creation of all of the other animals and beasts of the earth, and unfortunately that has to be reiterated more now than it ever has before, as evolution has taken such a stronghold in the mind's of so many in this generation as they think that they're nothing more than an evolved beast, so they act like it. And so when we understand that our value comes from our specific creation in the image of God, and then we talked about uh, how that we are created distinctly from one another, that there's a distinction between man and woman. I intended this evening to move on to the marriage relationship, and we may get into that a little bit, but I want you to notice if you would in chapter number 2, let's all stand to our feet in honor of the Word of God here this evening. And I want you to notice if you would please in verse number 7, Genesis chapter number 2 and verse number 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground <clears throat> and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I want you to skip over, if you would please, to verse number 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken for man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please anoint me with power from on high. I pray that you would help me this evening to preach with your power, not my own. Lord, I pray that you would guide my thoughts and my speech, help me to Eliminate distractions in my mind and in my heart. Give me liberty and power this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we continue to preach through this subject of families in the Bible. I pray that you'd help us to have these things solidified in our hearts and minds and the foundations reestablished. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. 
there is not only a distinction between man and beast, and between man and woman, but there is a distinction in our physical creation. If there was ever a time that this <laughs> is being broadcast in the opposite direction of the Bible, it is today. Almost every hero movie has some woman beaten up on dudes. Almost every single um, Almost every single show is moving towards female leadership in the home. And they are, they are trying to make it look like the woman is the stronger one in the relationship. The reality is that they are actually trying to be little man, not just uplift woman. They're making men look stupid. Guys are never the smart ones. The women are always the smart ones. The guys are the idiots that can't ever think straight, and the woman has to come in and save him. What we are to do, now listen to me. Now here's what's amazing, and I'm not trying to be unkind, but I haven't even started preaching yet, and already some are offended. Isn't it amazing? I haven't said anything unkind towards the ladies or the men. I've just told you what's going on in society. And we're already offended. And that is proof that Satan has found a stronghold in the hearts and minds of some people. I didn't say anything belittling to women. I didn't say anything belittling to men. But what has happened is Satan has gotten a stronghold in the hearts and minds, especially of younger generation, to believe that women and men should be against each other. So as soon as I make statements like that, immediately women get offended. Well, and men get offended. Well, no, I haven't said anything offensive yet. There's a distinction between man and woman in our physical makeup, and in the roles that God has given us. I still believe that ladies should be treated like ladies. The Bible says, matter of fact, let's look at it, if we could please, in 1 Peter chapter number 3, and verse number 7. Now, I know that these things are old hat for some. Um, one of my friends, I probably shouldn't say that out loud, um, I communicate with him multiple times a week in different forms. He is very polarizing. I don't agree with everything he says or does, and he doesn't agree with everything I say or do. All right, let's just get all that out of the way. But uh, one of my friends has a YouTube channel that has become very popular. He has some videos out. Third Adam videos is what he calls them. And there is a great hunger for this teaching on this subject of God's original intent for man and woman. And he has gained an audience teaching on things that are kind of old hat to the church, but unfortunately this generation has been pulled so far away from the foundations of the Bible that it's becoming new again. So there's great interest in some of these matters. And... I want you to see it here, if you would please, in 1 Peter chapter number 3, in verse number 7, the Bible says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, honor unto the wife, as unto the what? Weaker vessel. Who said that, God? Not me. Not me. Giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel. Do you see that? 
There has been some teaching and preaching over the years that has not given honor unto the wife. It has belittled the wife. I'm not here to do that tonight. I believe that our, our ladies are the cream of the crop in our church. I think we have a wonderful group of ladies here. And so I'm not that kind of preacher that intends to belittle one or the other. Simply let us understand that when the Bible says that the woman is the weaker vessel, that before that came the fact that God said that the woman is to be given honor because she is the weaker vessel. Yes? What does that mean? That means that she is to be preferred and that she is to be treated with honor. Women are made with thinner and softer skin than guys are. They have smaller bones. They have smaller muscles. Satan has tried to flip that on its head and say, man has belittled you by saying that you're weaker. No, God created you weaker and you're to be given honor as a result. The best thing for man and woman to do is embrace our distinctive differences. For the woman to embrace that she is weaker, daintier, has thinner skin, has softer skin, has smaller bones, has smaller muscles, and embrace the way that God made her, not try to become like the man. Ladies, you belittle yourself when you try to become a man because no matter how hard you try, you will never be able to do all the things that a man can do. And what will happen is eventually you only become more and more angry at the man because you can't beat the man. And I'm not talking about the 70s. Not that man. The very small amount of chuckles uh, reveals how few actually still know about not letting the man keep you down. <laughs> the man was the government back in the day, okay? Just in case, just re-educate the younger people, okay? He was called the man. All right. Or actually, all authority, really, I think. Women are made different not by man. Women are made different by God. I didn't make you the weaker vessel. Don't get mad at me because I said it. God made you the weaker vessel, and I'm to give you honor because of it. We have lost the physical distinction between male and female in our minds, but it hasn't been lost in the way that God is still creating us. <laughs> so, I'm reminded of not long ago, uh, uh, over the years, uh, I guess when I hit my 30s or so, I started doing some self-defense classes and things of that nature. Uh, an Israeli self-defense system there in Indianapolis for about four or five years on and off. And my, um, my desire was to pass some of that on to my, my kids. You know, they teach you all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, you know, what to do if you're being choked with two hands and shoved up against a wall. What to do if a knife is stuck in your back and they tell you to give you their money. What to do if there's a gun at your head. You know, things like that. Um, which I thought was fun and practical, but it hasn't happened yet. So that's good. <laughs> We don't ever want it to happen, right? But if it were to happen, at least I think I know what to do. So I came home a few times and, you know, showed the ladies. You know, and, and by the way, this is important for ladies to know. The world is getting crazy and abductions are at an all-time high in America. 
You ladies need to keep your head on a swivel and be aware at all times in every environment. You cannot afford to be glued to your phone and unplugged from your environment. But anyway, in one particular class, I thought this would be good for my family to, to learn. So I came home and, and I had bought one of the old, uh, they call it a tombstone pad, but it's a, a punching pad that uh, is about this big and about this wide. It's very dense. It's made to mimic that of a... Uh, of, of a human torso or whatever, if you are to hit it, it has that kind of density. And so you hold it up against your chest and you hit it, you know, and you do different strikes and, and different defenses and things of that nature. Well, uh, I came home and got the pad out and was showing the family a couple of things that I had learned and said, all right, now you do this and that, now strike this way, strike that way. And going around the room, okay, now you strike, okay, now you strike. And then my wife, she balled up her fist and she reared back and struck and she went, ow. And we looked at her hand, and it began to swell and bruise. And I made fun of her. No, I, I, I actually did, and then she got mad, and then I stopped making fun of her. <laughs> Later on, we were talking to my father-in-law, and, and um, she had to go get her hand checked out. She thought it was broken. And so... Um, we were talking to my father-in-law. He said, that's why women should use palm heel strikes, not a closed fist, because their, their bones are weaker. I said, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Honey, you should use palm heel strikes from now on. All right? They are the weaker vessel. Young men should be aware that a lady should be treated like a lady. And they should be taught to treat a lady like a lady. And that is going to come from the way that the father treats his wife. Man, I, I still think it's, it's good for you to go and open the door for your wife. I'm not saying I'm good at all of these things because it is, it is inevitable. This is going to happen. I'm going to give a whole list of things and then you're all going to be watching me. And then for the next month, I'm going to get mocked. But I'm ready for it. And at least for the next service or two, I'm going to try to do all these things. But I'll slip up and one of you will catch it and you'll say, what did you say the other day? You know, when I was a young man, I was taught that a lady ought to be treated like a lady. You ought to carry her books for her if she's got books or my wife was carrying in pans tonight. I actually did it because I knew I needed to carry the pans for her, not because I was going to be preaching this this evening. I believe in chivalry. There used to be an old-fashioned thing known as chivalry. If a lady was standing and there were no seats available, that the man would stand up and offer her the seat because a woman should be given honor as the weaker vessel. I believe that we ought to speak kindly to her. If it's raining outside, you ought to offer your coat or an umbrella. If it's cold outside, you ought to offer your jacket. If the woman is not treated like a lady, then she will not feel as much like a lady, and it becomes a vicious circle or a vicious cycle of women who are not treated like ladies then beginning to become spiteful towards a generation of men who don't know how to treat them the way that they're supposed to be treated. And so instead, they become frustrated and begin trying to act like the man instead of acting like the lady. 
Women are made different on purpose because God has given men and women a different role in this life. I said this last week, and I want to say it again. We have equal value, just not equal roles. We don't have the same roles. Let's put it that way. We have the same importance to God. God just didn't ask us to do the same things. When the Bible says that God created man out of the dust of the ground, He made man to also tend and till the ground. The man was originally created to go out and be the breadwinner for the home and provide for his family and bring the food into the table. And the woman was originally created to be the one that prepared those things that were at the table. As a result, the man was made with a much different physical makeup. Ladies, it is okay that men are in the military and women don't succeed as well. That is the way you were created. A man should be able to take the physical strain of a military role differently than a woman should. And you are not being belittled because that is the fact. It is a fact. A woman can't change a tire like a man can. A woman can't lift, you know, six bags of groceries like a man can. Can I get a witness, guys? I mean, don't you just feel like every now and then when it's you and the wife carrying groceries into the house, i got to carry more bags than she does. I want to laugh sometimes when I see the depiction of women beating up men on the television screen. And I want to try to be careful here what I say and not get too much in the flesh. Let me just say, if our country was at war and I was forced to go to the battlefield and I was wounded out in the middle of the battlefield, I would not want to see some smooth-legged woman running out to try to rescue me. I would rather see some hairy-legged man running out to the battlefield to try to rescue me if I was down. We were made different, and we were made to fulfill different roles. And that is okay. Can I say again, women and men, you should embrace the way God made you and be proud of it. Ladies, be proud that you are made the way that you are made. Guys, be proud that you are made the way you are made. If you try to reverse those roles, you begin to abuse your own mind. Guys, you are not made to act like a woman, to have a soft touch like a woman, to have a soft voice like a woman. You are not made to walk like a woman. You should be proud that God made you a man. And if we're going to have healthy marriages, it's going to start with women who are proud to have a husband who's a man and not belittling him for having differences from you, and men who are proud to have a woman as a wife who is a lady and not belittling her differences from you, but rather embracing the fact that we both have very distinct roles, very big differences, and treating each other accordingly. You know, ladies, it really helps every now and then, and I'm, I'm serious about this, now, whether your, your husband just dismisses it and acts like it's not all that big of a deal to him or not, it really is. If every now and then you take him a jar and say, could you open this for me, honey? I mean, look, I mean, he feels like the President of the United States when he can open that jar and you can't. Now, if he can't open it, it's horrible. 
Nothing worse. But listen, embrace those differences. Ladies, every now and then, even if you can open the jar, take it to your husband and let him open it. Embrace your differences. Be proud of him as a man and be proud of her as a woman and treat each other accordingly. Please treat each other accordingly. When you're eating out, guys, pull out her chair for her. Treat her like a lady. Men, it's not necessary for the wife to always be the affectionate one. You should reach for her hand every now and then and show her honor as the weaker vessel and show her affection as the weaker vessel. It's good to continue to hold hands. It's good to continue to do the things that help each other stay affectionate towards one another. Please understand, God made us different. That is good, not bad. It is not bad. And any attempt to make it sound bad or any attempt to melt our differences into each other as if there aren't any is an attempt of satanic control over our society. Not only are we distinct in our physical makeup, we are distinct in our roles. Now, I have mentioned that, but let's look at it if we could please and look at verse number 15 of chapter 2. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. For the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Now, two things here. Verse number 15 tells us, that God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it, right? Sometimes we get the idea that the curse is the reason that man has to work in the field and provide for his family. No, the ground was cursed, but man was made to work. We were made to dress and to keep the field, and that's what we are supposed to do. Men, if you want to figure out Part of the reason why you're struggling mentally and emotionally at times, if you are not out being active working for your family, you will not feel adequate as a man and it will eat at your soul and you may not know why. Listen, men were not made to stay home and change the diapers while women go out and win the bread for the home. It's not the way it was intended. That's not the way God made it. Men, you ought to go out and work your fingers to the bone to provide for your family. And the Bible says that if a man does not provide for his family, he is worse than an infidel. Work, men. Get out there and work. And ladies, it is okay for your husband to be the breadwinner regardless of what the world has to say about it. Well, they're just trying to keep us ladies down and not give us the higher positions at work. And not Now listen, if there is a position that you've been working in that company and you're qualified for it, I'm not saying you shouldn't have it. But what I am saying is that they have tried to use everything under the sun to belittle our differences and make you think that because you can't do all the things that the man can do, then that means you're lesser of a person. Wrong. That's not God's intention at all. For you to consider yourself to be lesser of a person because of certain differences in society. You know one of the reasons why men have had the higher positions and the higher pay over time is because at one point society knew that the man was supposed to be out there making the money for the home. 
So men were preferred in the workplace. It was considered odd or awkward if the woman was there and the man was at home. Homes like that were looked down upon because that was not the way even lost society saw it. Now we find ourselves in a time where there are so many broken marriages, broken homes, that women are in the workforce more than they ever have been before. And sometimes it is absolutely necessary even in a home that is still together because of the preponderance of bills and the things that people get into concerning debt and so on. There are times when both uh, individuals in the marriage are working in order to make ends meet. I'm not here to make you feel bad if you're a lady and you're working in the world. What I am saying is that we cannot allow the world to convince us that men are worse and women are better or women are worse and men are better because things are different. Things are different on purpose. Now I think it would be good if a husband could make enough money for his family and I think that it should be the goal of every husband to try to find himself a position or do something so that your wife does not have to work. She is needed at home. The Bible says that the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Verse number 16, look at that one if you would please with me. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the... Now who was told this first? The man was, right? And then he communicated that to his wife, right? Oh man, I'm about to step into something. But it is in your Bibles. When it comes to the spiritual communication of the home, the way that God started in the Garden of Eden and the way that He continued even in the New Testament church, was that God would communicate spiritual matters to all of His people. But in the beginning, He laid the foundation that even in the church, the man was to remain the leader in the spiritual matters. And we see here that Adam was given the spiritual instruction first, and then he was supposed to communicate that to his family. Yes? Now, he did communicate it to his family. His wife got it. She heard it. She added something to it. We don't know if that's because Adam added something to it or if she just, what she heard, she just, this is also the way she took it. I'm not belittling her for that. We don't know how all that communication went. The Bible doesn't say. But the Bible does say that God spoke to her husband and then he was the communicator in that way. And here's what I take from that. That means that, listen, husbands, you are to be the spiritual leader in your home. You are to be the one that is burdened about making sure that your home heads in a godly direction. And you are to be the spiritual communicator. And that doesn't mean that our, our, our wives don't have spiritual communication, but it ought to start with our husbands. That doesn't mean that our wives don't have godly wisdom, but I'm saying what is happening today is that unfortunately our, our, our men are getting more distracted by jobs and the need to care for other areas of the family's life and, and, and they are starting to neglect or have been neglecting for an entire generation the spiritual need of the home. Men, lead your family to church by going to church. Be the spiritual leader that God created you to be. 
Now, that, that, that's, that's easy to say to a Sunday night crowd because you all are the faithful ones who come more than just on Sunday morning. But can I remind you, people say sometimes, I don't know what it means to be the spiritual leader in my home. So I, I'm serious. I've been asked that question on more than one occasion. Preacher, what does it mean to be the spiritual leader of my home? Number one, lead by example. You do the things that you want your family to do. If you want them to stay in a church all of their life, you stay in church your entire life. If you want your family to read their Bibles, read your Bible. If you want your family to pray and to learn how to pray, then you make sure that you pray. What does it mean to lead? Well, one of the definitions could very simply be put as you be the first one to do it. It should be the Father who is saying, we're going to church on Sunday morning. And when the family doesn't feel like going to church, dad and husband should be saying, we're going to church. But dad, I don't really, oh, it's been such a long weekend and we're kind of down and man, things aren't going. It's all right, family, get in the car, we're going to church. We should be the spiritual leaders. That's the way God intended it. That's the way he set it up. Now, sometimes the lady in the home has to be the spiritual leader because the man relinquishes that position by not leading the family the way that he should. And ladies, that is not to say that you should not also be a spiritual leader of your home. I am saying that the Bible tells us that man was communicated to by God and that he was told these things and that he communicated them to his wife. And so I believe that he should be the one to spearhead spiritual matters in your home. Now, in verse number 18, the Bible says, And Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone, I will make him and what? And help meet for him. <laughs> I dread this passage. Because you almost always have ladies get mad at you before you're done reading it. These are God's words, not mine. If you are frustrated, it's not my fault. I have not yet said anything about it. Have you noticed? The original intent of the wife was, number one, that man should have a companion. Now, some are made in a way, according to Paul's teaching there in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. He says, I wish that some of you could remain even as I. He was single. He was unmarried. God gave him the ability to not have the desire to be married. But he says, look, it would be better for you to remain single even as I am so that you could dedicate your entire life to serving the Lord and not have any other distractions. But he said, it is better for you to marry than to burn. And there are not very many that are given that gift. Now, I'm not going to that passage, but you can go read it and see it for yourself. There are not many that are given that gift. There are some that are given that desire to not be married. They just have the desire to serve the Lord. And you know what? That is okay. But there are very few of those. I, I, knew, I knew one that I believe was that way. His name was Dr. James Peters. He attended Northwest Bible Baptist Church there in Elgin, Illinois. Uh, at one time, I think he had a relationship. It didn't work out. And for the rest of his life, 
he served the Lord, and he dedicated his life to the Lord, and until he was 80-something years old, he worked on staff there at the church, single, uh, and, and a good man, a strong leader, a very kind person, but just when you talk to him and ask him, uh, Doc Peters, we called him Doc Peters, Doc Peters, you ever have a desire to get married? No, brother, I just don't really have a desire to do that. Just don't think I ever will. But he served faithfully. Y'all, that was not this guy. From the time I was a teenager, I had a strong desire to get married. Just like most teenage guys in this room. And just like most teenage ladies in this room. It is a good thing. Marriage is a good thing. Men were not created, most of us were not created with that ability to be alone. Most men cannot be alone. They need a permanent companion. I am lost without my wife. Uh, a couple of, uh, two, two Saturdays ago, you ladies were all out shopping. I, I started getting sick and didn't feel like going soul winning on Saturday morning, but I knew I needed to get there. So I got up and went soul winning, but I, I was going to say I, I took the kids soul winning, but I didn't. I don't know where they were. They came though. They got there some way, somehow. They got there. And uh, once I got there, the kids were there. So praise the Lord. And uh, good thing we live across the street, right? Uh, but once, once I got here and started conducting the meeting, I was forgetting everything under the sun. I think my brain was working on half power to begin with because I was under the weather, but then on top of it, my wife wasn't here. I have said over and over and over again, I cannot live without my wife. She is half of my life and half of my brain. When I forget stuff, she's holding them at the door on my way out. Don't know how she does it. It's like she precludes my forgetfulness. But, uh, Brother Andrew noticed that I was out of sorts last week. And like three different times between the time I walked in the door and the time I left, Brother Andrew had to remind me about things that I needed. Uh, preacher, did you need, uh, Preacher, you left this sitting over here. Hey, Preacher, did you, uh, can I grab this for you? You know, just like all day long. I appreciated his thoughtfulness, you know. I said, you know what, I need to switch partners. I'm going to take Brother Andrew with me today because uh, he's, he's a good assistant today. I was personally not made to be alone. I don't do well when I'm alone. I need that lady around as often as I can have her around. And men were not made that way in general. We need a companion. That is the way God made us, and that is a good thing. Ladies, work to be a good companion for your husband. Now, guys, uh, do everything in your power to be a good companion for your wife. You know... We can both help each other. That is the design of marriage. And we should both help each other. Even though the woman was designed as an helpmeet for the husband, there are times that the husband should be an helpmeet for the woman, and that is okay. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. Now, can I re-establish this fact, though? God made the woman and helped me for the man so that the man could go out and do what he needed to provide for the family. He did not reverse those roles and make it so that the man was supposed to be in help meet for the woman while she went out and provided for the family. Look, if you would, please, I've got be, to be done. Wow. Um, at verse number 21 again, the one of our text verses where we began this evening. I was hoping to get into the marriage relationship, and it is 7 o'clock. 
The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. You might look at it this way. She was, be, she, was called, uh, she, she was called woman because she was taken out of the womb of a man. Any good relationship that is going to thrive, not just survive, is going to take sacrifices from the man and the woman. The woman was created out of the side of the man. He gave up a part of himself to have an helpmeet. And it is absolutely vital for men in this room to understand that in order for you to have a healthy marriage, you are going to have to give up parts of yourself in order for that woman to be the woman that she needs to be and in order for you to care for her the way that she needs to be cared for. For. You're going to have to give up hobbies. You're going to have to give up time. You're going to have to give up parts of what made you who you are in order to be the kind of husband that you should be. When we come together, we are both of us sharing parts of ourselves one with another. And it's important for us to be willing to make the sacrifices that are necessary for our marriages to remain strong. She took out a part of him and she was a living example of a part of her husband. Now listen, please understand, we must do everything in our power to be willing to submit and humble ourselves to the plan of God for our homes by being willing to make the sacrifices that are necessary for each part of our home to be healthy. marriage relationship does not survive when one side or the other becomes focused on themselves. The marriage relationship is not all about you or about her or about him. The marriage relationship is about both of you. And both sides must have a little bit of a give and take in order for the relationship to work. When the Bible says, and, and let's turn over here, and I need to be done with this this evening. Turn your Bibles over to the book of Ephesians. And let's pick it up in chapter number 5. You all know this passage, but I want us to see it here together. Ephesians chapter number 5. God says in Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Then he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And then he says in verse number 25, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, listen, are these points mutually exclusive of each other? In other words, uh, is the husband only supposed to love the wife and then the wife is not supposed to love the husband? No, that's crazy talk. 
But for some reason, sometimes, we like to treat the submission passage in verse number 21, or verse number 22, as if the woman is the only one that is supposed to submit. But the reality is that right before verse number 22, verse number 21 says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, right? Now, that passage is written to the entire church. If you look at the context of the passage, this is, this is all about the church. So he's talking about the entire church being willing to submit to one another and being willing to give in for one another and ever so often being willing to let somebody else have the precedence in the ministry instead of us always getting our way in the church that we are to be willing to submit ourselves to everybody in the church and humble ourselves and let some people have their way, whether they're right or not, or whether we like it or not. That's what it takes to have a healthy ministry. Not everybody fighting against each other and wanting to have their own way, but submitting one to another in the fear of God and letting each other be preferred before one another. That is what our Bibles say. But it's amazing how often we apply this to the church. Well, we're supposed to be submissive to each other in the church, but at home, husbands act like tyrants and say, but I don't have to submit to my wife at home. You know, there are very few decisions I make in life without running it by my wife first. Very few. Before any major decision, my wife and I have a conversation. We talk. And you know, there are times when she has a better idea than I do. Fathom that. She has a brain and it works. But some husbands treat their wives like they don't have a brain and they don't have any good ideas and it's my way or the highway. Like it or lump it. And that is a recipe for a marriage disaster. We talk. Say, honey, what do you think about that? Matter of fact, right before we came here this evening, I ran something by her and said, honey, what do you think about this? She said, well, I think this, okay, good, that's what I think. So I'm right then, all right, good, thanks. There are times that I've been wrong about things, and as a husband, I had to look at my wife and say, you're right. We'll do it your way. Or sometimes did it my way even though she said we should do it a certain way and ended up messing up and had to come back to her and say, you were right. It's important for us to talk and communicate. And husbands, it's important for you just as much as it is for the wives to ever so often have a submissive spirit one towards another. Can I say this in closing? I need to be done. In the home, submission causes submission. I heard a message preached on that years ago, one of the best messages I've ever heard preached on that subject. Submission causes submission. The more submissive we are to one another, the more we prefer our husband before ourselves or our wife before ourselves, the more that they see our care and concern, the more they want to submit to us. But the less we submit to one another, the more we butt heads, and the less you're going to get each other to submit when it is time for the decision to be made. God created the home with very specific roles, and it's important for us as God's people to submit to His will concerning the home, 
and His purpose for the home and allow our homes to be guided by the Word of God. I want you to look at it again in verse number 23 and we'll be done here this evening of Genesis chapter number 2. Verse number 23 of Genesis chapter number 2. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. It's important for us to understand that marriage will take things out of us. And if we are going to have a healthy marriage, we have to be willing to give things up and to allow things to be taken out in order that our relationship might stay healthy and be right. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would please help us this evening in these areas. Biblically speaking, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our homes. Help our husbands and our wives. Help our families. Strengthen us. Lord, I pray that if there are areas of tension in marriage this evening, that you would help us to submit to each other and to your will and to your spirit and to get things right with each other. I pray that you would help us to have reestablished in our hearts and minds the desire to do things according to your will for our homes and for our lives. Lord, I pray that you would please help all of us to embrace the way that you made us and to be thankful for the way that you made each and every one of us and to embrace our differences, to embrace our weaknesses and our strengths and to embrace it in each other and treat each other accordingly. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would do what only your Holy Spirit can do during this invitation time. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name.